Muy buenas tardes, ¿cómo están todos ustedes? Good afternoon, everybody. Hola, hola, ¿cómo están todos? Gracias por escucharnos otra vez aquí en otra, por favor. One more, please. Uh, ¿Cómo andas, Richie? ¿Cómo está todo? Bien, ¿y tú, güey? Aquí andamos, ando un poquito malo de la, de la alergia y, y espero que me disculpen si, si suena un poquito ahí medio, medio gangoso. Es por, por, la, por, la, por la alergia. Por la alergia, sí, güey. ¿Sabes qué? Creo que me dijo mi esposa que ya cuando, cuando te da alergia, que ya eres un Austinite de, de veras. Cuando ya, 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 ya te pega, ¿no? Todo, todo esto. Es que ahorita como todos los árboles están floreciendo y todo sí. eso, pues hay un montón de polen y no, no, no. Créeme que me, me, me ha bajado todas mis defensas porque ayer que jugamos, este, me sentía bien cansado, bien débil de alguna forma y, y es por lo mismo de la alergia que no se, no se me ha quitado. Sí, güey, así nada, no, yo también, yo era de los que no me daba, pero ya de repente ya que estoy estornando aquí, que ya, como que ya, tal vez la edad, tal vez la edad. <risa> y, ya estás viejito, Richie, acéptalo. Ya, güey, ya voy para los 36 en, en dos meses, cabrón. Ay, 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 ay. Yes, I am getting old. You are getting old, my friend. Um, I told myself I wanted to, to get married after 35. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, pretty good age. I, yeah, I feel like I feel like you're good too. Yeah, I think that's probably the ideal age. Maybe I don't think know so. for some people. You, you think know? so? I think I, so. I think it is because you can. I mean, when you're young, like you don't really know what you're doing when you're 18 and get married. Yeah, I mean, you're barely learning about life, so it's right. it's a process. And I feel like once you pass that kind of like in the entrance of adulting. Um, you get to a point where you start seeing things differently, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think 18 will be, will be really too young, especially for me. I don't know. Maybe some other people think other, other way. True. True. Like, like I've known people that got married right after high school and, you know, they're happily married, you know, but like, there's this like, for me is I wanted to get married young, but then I'm glad, like I was not good at talking to girls <laughs> as I grew up. So that kind of helped me on, on, you know, like learning more about life and I got married on the pretty age, pretty great age. I think. I think so too, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think on that, I think, uh, that's a, probably the, not the perfect, but maybe the best age to get married. Uh, yeah. You kind of know about life at that point and you know, you, your, uh, priorities and you know what you need to do to of keep course. going in life. So. Yeah, man. And also, like, I feel like as you get older, you know, you get experience at work, you make a little more money so you can support, you know, your family. Exactly. So I, I think like, stable. yeah, I think if, I, if we were get it, if we were to get married when you were like 18 and making seven bucks an hour. Yeah, man, that's hard. I don't that know how people hard. are doing it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but every, you know, everything works out for everyone in many different ways, you know, and, and. I see a lot of my friends that, you know, probably got married young and right now they're doing very good. Right. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm, I'm pretty happy for them. Um, well, today is the fourth episode of Otra Por Favor. Um, Otra Por Favor. Vamos a hablar un poquito de, de fútbol como, como siempre, porque sin el fútbol el hombre no vive. Es la vida, es la vida de, de los hombres. Soccer is life. Y primero vamos a empezar con el Partido del Minnesota FC contra el Austin FC. Híjole, qué partido, oye. Uh, yo, creo, yo creo que hubieron buenas sensaciones uh, 
de parte de Losting FC. Creo que a Minnesota le faltó un poco. Yo, yo creo que quedó debiendo. Uh, se vio un equipo muy como nuevo, para, por decirlo así. Este, creo que, que Losting FC tenía que aprovechar. Tenía que aprovechar. Sí. Uh, me pareció que, que jugamos un poquito más compacto. Uh, hubieron unos errores también que todavía necesitamos mejorar mucho uh -huh. colectivamente se está viendo un poquito mucho mejor el equipo pero todavía no me gusta que hay un espacio muy grande en el medio que dejan los, los medios y eso yo creo que allí un equipo más preparado nos va, nos va a capitalizar muy, muy, muy bien. ¿eh? Nos va a vacunar. Sí, bueno, por las bandas tienen buen fuego y, y en medio tienen razón. Este, en veces siento yo que, que que el único que, que se movía era Brink, porque este Pochettino, tal vez su segundo partido, como que entró un poco más conservado, pero ya el segundo tiempo se mejor, liberó un poco mejor. Sí, sí mejor se, un poco. Mejor, se liberó un poco más. Uh -huh. Y este Fagundes jugó bien. Yo creo este, que... Perdón. Dale, dale. Yo creo que, que Fagundes es, es de mis jugadores el que más resalta para mí. Yo creo que en los dos partidos, en el este que pasó y en el anterior, este, creo que el que más ha resaltado para mí. Le echa muchas ganas este, y, y lo demuestra en el campo. O sea, que no deja de correr. Está bien posicionado siempre. Sí. Uh, bueno, ha metido goles los dos últimos partidos. Sí, es lo bueno, güey. Bueno, para mí... Es un resultado bueno ganar. Eh, digo que es la manera de ganar es pinche, pero segura. <risa> y tienes que ganar los partidos. Ah, muchas veces, o sea, Así es se mejor ganar. Partidos. Es mejor salir hablando de que ganaste el partido y fallaste a que tuviste todas y fallaste y no metiste ninguna y perdiste. Eso sí, eso sí tienes razón, porque sí, los partidos se ganan con goles, no de la forma que juegas. Sí. Bueno, sí tiene que ver mucho, pero... Pero eso poco a poco se tiene que dar. Claro, correcto. Y, pero sí, güey, estamos haciendo el partido y... Tuvieron para meter el segundo. Segundo y tercero, yo creo. Sí. Más, más de un gol. Yo por eso lo que digo que Austin sí desaprovechó uh, en meter mucho más goles. Sí. Y le faltó un poquito ahí más. Como te digo, hay un poquito de desconcentración entre los pases, entre, entre tres cuartos de cancha. Yo creo que ahí necesitan más afiarse y mover un poquito más rápido la pelota porque creo que quieren salir jugando pero salen muy despacio y como te digo el espacio en medio no les ayuda porque no hay movimiento de los medios para dar ese 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 espacio y el movimiento para que les den el pase ahí ¿me entiendes? Sí es, y es, esa parte es, es la fundamental es ese espacio de la media cancha es el que el que y tarda mucho por decir tarda mucho en, en realmente en crear como cualquier posición creo yo que tal vez la defensa se ve un poco mejor, la delantera por la banda está bien, pero la media cancha es donde falta más, más en, y ahorita ya creo que vi más conexión entre la defensa y el contención, pero falta la parte de la contención al, al, al delantero. los delanteros. Sí, Ajá. Sí. Pero bueno, ojalá y, y, y se aprenda de esta y ganen, que al final de cuentas es lo, lo primordial. Claro. Más que nada cuando es el, el, un equipo nuevo, ya es tu segunda Victoria, llevas una derrota y dos victorias. Es algo, algo que, que es bien para el equipo y agarra confianza más que nada. Buenas sensaciones para el sí, equipo. Sí, muchas buenas sensaciones. Y bueno, por otro lado, pues vamos al, al, al cómo va la tabla de la MLS de la parte del oeste. Están Seattle Sanders, que es el siguiente partido contra el Eastern FC este fin de semana. Van de primero, San José segundo, Real Salt Lake cuarto, tercero, perdón. Austin FC cuarto, el Galaxy 
quinto y LAFC sexto y el séptimo FC Dallas. Um, entre esos cuatro son los que se clasifican a la siguiente ronda para los playoffs. Pero falta mucho. Eh, yo creo que la final va a ser hasta, hasta noviembre, si no, si no mal recuerdo. Ajá. Entonces hay mucho camino por recorrer. Sí, hoy hay mucho. Y como tú dices, el siguiente partido creo que va a ser en realidad la prueba de Austin FC. Si a, si a ver si en serio han mejorado como equipo en tres juegos. Claro, es, es muy temprano decirlo, ¿no? Pero, pero el contra Seattle uh, Sanders. Yo creo que va a ser un, un, un partido muy difícil para los Tigres, sí, porque sé de lo que son capaces, traen buenos jugadores, tienen una buena conexión, son, son un equipo muy sólido y... Y creo que Austin es, sí necesita estar preparado para ese, para ese juego muy bien. Man, and the, the one thing that I really enjoy is when there's an Austin FC game, yeah. you can actually sense it in the city. Everybody. We have, I mean, yeah, yeah. you see it whenever UT plays, but it's kind of like it's football and yeah, it's, it's not really our, my sport, but you still want to like, you know, be, be part of it. But right now it's like soccer. It's kind of like, dang, dude, like there's a game that it's like in our sport and it's pretty cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I'm also seeing a lot of people that are new to the sport, learning about it. You know, there's a group, the Austin FC supporters have. And people were asking questions about like, hey, you know, like, what does this mean? You know, the defender, the even the offsides line. Like right now, it's even us that we watch soccer for so many years. There's so many changes to the rule and when to execute it that, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I'm glad we're, we're able to to be a little more open, you know, and, and, and let people just come through and, and be part of it. Not just like, oh, you don't know about soccer. You don't know shit. So you're not going to be, you know, able to. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be part of us. So it's pretty well, pretty good cool city, pretty good city to have soccer, I believe. Um, now, the one thing, dude, I was looking at is because I don't have tickets. You know, I didn't buy the season tickets. Yeah. And I know like you and several of our friends did. Yeah. It's it's the the pricing the scalpers are doing and seat kick like the Rizzo. Man, they're... What, 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 yeah, what happened with that? Tell me so from what I've heard yeah. is, from what I've seen is they're almost mm -hmm. half of... One game, the first game is literally the price of the first, like half of the, whatever, like the season ticket cost. Yeah. That's how much, how much they're selling one ticket. One ticket. Oh, yeah. wow. That's expensive, man. That's super, super expensive. expensive. That's crazy. I mean, how, how did it get like that? I mean, they're trying to make their money back or what is it? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I guess because they, they, you know, they're taking advantage of the situation, which is like, it's wrong. Because like, dude, like. I mean, they know that a lot of people wants, want to the be demand there. Is and there. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the supply is very limited, so they're taking advantage yeah, of that. And I'm pretty sure people are going to buy it too, you know? I mean, people that have the money is going to do it. Yeah. yeah, you, like, of course. Like, yeah. for example, you know, Vidal. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Vidal, just playing. But no, but in reality, like, it's just like, it's a it's a very crappy situation, you know? Like, Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad for the other fans, you know? Yeah. The fans that can't really buy a ticket, you know, and have to have to find other other options. However, you know? I have been a scalper once. I sold Cardi B tickets for <laughs> way more than whatever cost they were sold. Cardi B? <laughs> yeah, dude. Did I tell you about that one? No, mom. It's Wait, so there was, the, there was a rodeo like 2019 and Cardi B was going to Houston. So I ended up getting, uh, buying like two tickets. Like bought them like 15, 15 bucks each, and guess how much I sold them for? How much? Like about two hundred each. 
Oh. And I saw them like five minutes after I posted the, posted the listing. You mother. <laughs> so it's like, dude. I mean, maybe someone that, you know, hey, at the end of the day, like sometimes business is business, but it's a shitty business. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we're hoping for Austin and Steve to continue to push forward and, and do great. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're there. We can say this is a great start, you know, I mean, overall, yes. Yeah, overall. But uh, I, I, I still think that there's a lot that we can improve on, especially the midfield. Like I, like I was saying in Spanish, um, we have to we, we really have to do better because we're going to get hurt if we don't. And I mean, Ring Ring had a great game this past game. Yeah, uh, I feel like. Yeah, he has. He had like a few mistakes, bad passes, or whatever. But he's the one that started the the goal actually for after. Mm-hmm. He's the one that gets the ball, passes it to Cecilio. Cecilio gives it to Stroud on the on the sideline, and then Stroud just puts it in, and Fagundes just puts it in. You know, yeah. it's it's really simple. Fagundes has this one thing that I like is that he follows through on the place. So, and a lot of times, like whenever you know, like. Players from the midfield, they don't know how to come behind the, the defender, and he's doing that very well. So I'm glad, you know, to see that from them. Uh, you know, the next thing we're going to talk about is La Liga. Uy, La Liga. Hey. La Liga, señor. Wey, 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 wey. ¿Qué pasó ahí? El Barça teniendo la, la delantera. <laughs> ¿Qué pasó? Cuénteme, Richie. ¿Qué, qué, qué? qué? Tú, güey, estabas... Gracias, Ana. Estaba uh, cabrón, estaba enojado, muy enojado por el resultado. Claro, es un fanático del, del Barcelona, ¿no? Pero, pero yo, yo pensé, yo me imaginé, yo lo vi. <ríe> estuvo tan cerca, estuvo ahí y no, no, no lo aprovechó. El Barcelona creo que, que le faltó, le faltó mucho, le faltó coraje, le faltó... Contra Granada. Le faltaron ganas contra el Granada sí. para, para poder estar en la cima. Uh-huh. Y, y yo creo que los, los jugadores igualmente se sintieron así, que lo tuvieron y no lo, no lo, no lo hicieron, no lo terminaron. Sí, puede ser porque, güey, o sea, ¿cómo, ¿cómo puedes, con todo respeto a Granada, pero cómo puedes perder un partido que te da la, la ¿cómo se llama? Que te da ese... ese te da la liga, te da te la liga, liga básicamente. Te da la liga, ajá. básicamente. O te, o te pone a delantera de la que, la que estás esperando, es como... Y aparte de eso, ¿cómo este Kuman se deja expulsar? Ese, ese sería otro tema, mira, porque, porque hay presión. Uh-huh. Y a lo mejor la más presión la que tiene es el, es el director técnico, como siempre, porque siempre cae en él. Sí. ¿Qué pasó del juego? Es culpa de él. Uh, nosotros como futbolistas lo entendemos que también hay mucha parte en los jugadores, claro. Sí. Pero en la, en la planificación y en la forma en que planteó el juego, yo creo que fue... Yo creo que fue terrible, ¿me entiendes? Porque el Barcelona empieza ganando el partido, uh-huh. 1-0. Y en vez de calmarse, tratar de controlar el juego, quieren ir por otro. Y aquí es donde el Granada sale y ¡pum! Les, los dos vacunas, el sí. contragolpe. Los dos goles de Granada cayeron igual, de contragolpe. ¿Por qué? Porque el Bar- Barcelona estaba como desesperado de ir por otro gol para cerrar, yo creo, el partido. sí. Pero para mí, yo creo que la plantación debe ser, metimos el gol, nos vamos a aguantar y un contragolpe lo metemos nosotros. Era básicamente lo que, lo que uh, el Granada hizo para meter los goles, el Barcelona lo tenía que hacer. Y creo que no aprendieron de cuando jugaron el primer partido contra ellos. Eh, y, es con lo, y es con los partidos con los, que se han, los equipos con los que se han confiado. Uh, y luego viene el, 
Eso pasó en una semana. Y luego el fin de semana le gana la Valencia en Valencia, en Mestalla. 3-2. Dificilísimo, un campo que se le, se, le, se le pone bien difícil a Barcelona y te da la sorpresa. Es algo incomprensible. No lo no entiendes cómo puede pasar eso. Wey, es como que me, me sacan canas. ¿eh? Sí. Otras canas de esa temporada desde que empezó. Me estoy volviendo más viejo, nomás por ver al Barcelona. Imagínate, nomás de enojarme por cada juego, que un juego sí, un juego no. ¿Qué, qué es eso? Ya se te dan calambres cuando corres. Imagínate. <ríe> no, pero sí, estamos esperando que, que, se, que todo salga bien. Y es que ahorita como para decir cómo va la tabla, güey, va a cambiar este fin de semana que viene si el Barcelona la gana, pero tiene que ganar contra el Atlético. Y es el partido que si no lo gana, ya no hay más liga, ya. Partidazo, eh, partidazo que se viene este fin de semana el y partidazo del segundo juego también que viene el domingo, que es Real Madrid contra el Sevilla. O sea, un sí. juego que también le puede quitar puntos el Sevilla y como perdió el su juego pasado, sí. necesita esos tres puntos. Sí. Fácil. O sea que Vamos a Sevilla. Vamos a Sevilla y vamos Vizca Barça y Vizca todo lo que se pueda. Messi, métese, o como emitiste ese gol de tiro libre, métete otro porque está difícil. Va a estar muy difícil, pero van a ser unos juegos que en realidad hay que verlos. ¿eh? No, hay, no se pueden perder estos juegos. Y bueno, la siguiente es la Champions. Eh, ya estamos, bueno, cambiamos el día de que grabamos, lo cambiamos de lunes a, a miércoles. Um, y más que nada es para... Para poder tratar, cuando, cuando es un partido de Champions que sea entre fin de semana, bueno, entre semana, ya poder hablar de ellos sin tratar de especular, como es mejor hablar de ya cuando pasó el partido, sino antes de. Uh, ¿Qué piensas? ¿Quién crees que va a ganar? Te digo la verdad, yo estuve platicando desde un principio, desde muy antes de los cuartos de final. Uh -huh. Y yo miraba al City sí. como campeón. Uh -huh. Y lo sigo viendo como campeón. A uh, mucha gente. Tuvimos muchos argumentos. En, en, en ¿Con quién campo. te peleaste? No, como no me peleé con nadie. Pero... No, no, te peleaste con alguien. Dime, <risa> no, ¿con quién no, te peleaste? No. ¿Quién te pegó? Pero, pero estuvimos hablando con, con, con este Ernesto, con Ernie, con otros jugadores uh -huh. mucho antes. Y les trataba de explicar yo porque, porque antes del partido del PSG y que decían, no, que PSG va a dar la sorpresa, que todo. Y les digo, no, 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 PSG se va a quedar, porque uh -huh. yo vi a un Man City muy seguro, muy, muy jugando en conjunto, jugando juntos, o sea, uh, y lo miraba muy sólido, no, no, no miraba la, por dónde podía PSG hacerles, hacerles este daño y, y yo creo que eso fue lo que pasó no sé si viste el, el juego tú me imagino que lo vistes claro pero no, no. yo estaba trabajando yo soy un hombre ah, trabajador sí, sí, yo no veo partidos cuando hay partidos que se juegan nada no, sí vi el partido um, bueno lo estuve escuchando pero lo que yo sí vi güey que, que hizo el, el, el Man City contra el, el, el PSG este partido pasado fue de que aguantaron aguantaron la parte de, de atrás y luego les jugaron al contragolpe. Le jugó el Man City, le jugó al PSG como el PSG le hubiese jugado a otros equipos y hizo que el PSG se abriera y de ahí los vacunaban en contragolpes. Es lo que, es, es lo que yo sentí, lo que yo vi. No sé qué tan, qué tan de este, qué tan, ¿cómo se llama? ¿Qué tan este, está, este, de acuerdo o no? Pero... <ríe> <ríe> ¿Tú qué, ¿Tú qué piensas, güey? Mira, yo lo que, lo que vi es que estaba, el, el Man City estaba bien planificado, ¿me entiendes? O sea, que ya sabían a lo que venían, ya sabían lo que iban a hacer en el, el campo de juego 
y, y se vio, o sea, estaban bien concentrados, el, el defensa, se me olvida su nombre, pero tuvo un partidazo y el defensa central que, que estuvo jugando ayer, uh -huh. le metía hasta la cara los balones, o sea, que eso es dedicación y corazón, mucho. Ah, aquí te lo saco de bola, no, el defensa, no, tú crees ay, otra cosa, ay, 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 ay. te voy a dar el nombre del defensa que estás hablando, uh -huh. porque de hecho, eso estaban hablando este Díaz... ¿El portugués? ¿El portugués? Ajá. Sí, 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 sí. Este Rubén Díaz. Sí, escuché de, de sí, que él hizo buen partido Partidazo, en. oye. Que, sí. que él lo siente como un poco más seguro que este company en veces. Es que se miró. Se, te digo que había mucho, mucho corazón, mucho, mucha furia. O sea que sin miedo a la pelota, viejo, así. Uh -huh. tuvo, tuvo un tiro que, que, que PSG tuvo y este, le metió la cara y literalmente le pega en la cara y, o sea, defiende su portería. O sea. Cuando miras eso dices, wow, qué, qué, este, qué jugador, ¿no? Que ya, ya es difícil encontrar jugadores que se que exponen su físico y todo para contrar de, de, contra de ayudar al, al, al equipo, ¿no? Sí, este Mares jugó el partido de su vida, metió los dos goles. De Bruin hizo también bien. Y este Fonden, que es un chavo que... Fonden. Ajá, Fonden. Uh -huh. uh, ¿Yo qué dije? Dije Fonden, ¿verdad? Sí. Oh, es Foden. Foden. Sorry. Uh, él se vio que, que estaba haciendo bien las cosas para su edad. Se ve que. Muy chavo. Eh. Muy, muy chavo y, y tiene prospecto para, para ojalá para más Adelante. mientras se quede bien concentrado. Porque lo muchas veces con jugadores jóvenes, ya para cuando pasan una cierta edad, como que les empieza a valer. Ya cuando ganan dos, tres ligas. En se su... le sube, tú crees. Sí, ajá. Y no, ojalá. Se mira y... muy tranquilo, chavo, ¿eh? Uh -huh. sí. I feel like he has a great future for sure, man. He's doing great things with Man City right now, you know, so. And Foden and Neymar didn't do good. They shut down Neymar. They shut down. That's what happened. And Di Maria he, got a red card. Di Maria was really frustrated throughout the game because he couldn't really do a lot. And, um, I mean, it was understandable. Like, they knew the players that they need to, needed to cover, and they did, which was Di Maria, Neymar. And obviously Mbappé, but he didn't play, but... um. Uh, I just, I just think the Man City did what they had to do. They're, they did their homework mm -hmm. and they came through, man. I mean, they won. Yeah, they're ready. And I feel like, in my opinion, they're they really gonna take the Champions, man. There's so? no, yeah, there's no, there's no way Chelsea's winning. Um, now the one thing that that uh, I would say is Chelsea is they beat Real Madrid earlier, and like it's good to have. You know, one, two players from our region in a Champions League final. Um, and that's something that it's good for our, our region, you know, like especially like we're not known for having that many players in a Champions League like South American players. You know, the, the CONCACAF region, the North American region, which is which covers Central America all the way up to Canada and the Caribbean, like it's rare It's a little more, a little more, you know, we're used to hearing more of our, our players, you know, being, being in the Champions League. But for a while, it was like, we couldn't imagine like having an American player, like in a Champions League final that we've had Mexican players in, in Champions League, like Rafa Marquez. Um, but Pulisic, man, like my respect to him, like, I don't like the whole comparison between him and, and Chucky Lozano, who's better. Like, no, dude, just enjoy the game. Like, enjoy enjoy that aspect of soccer for our region because it helps us, you know, it helps our games between, between countries get better. 
And, and, and I hope like, he's not the first one that there could be many more, you know, like hopefully Kedler gets his chance eventually. I mean, um, Taylor's been there before, you know, yeah. he won him, he won him before too. So it's like Costa Rica, you know, pura vida. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good. You know, like I'm, I'm happy to see that. And the game is going to be, was it a May 29th? Something like that. Uh, let me double check really quick. Um, May 29th. And that's actually that afternoon. That's when Austin, Austin FC is playing a game too. So it's a lot of soccer, man. This summer, this summer, it's not stopping. So if you if you're listening to us and you think that we're gonna stop talking about soccer, uh, uh-uh. it's it's gonna it's just gonna get better and better. It's gonna be more and more. Yeah, this doesn't stop. Well, the one thing that that I would say is, you know, like this summer we have. Like we mentioned in the past, the most of the leagues are closing their season, and then we have Champions League finals. And right after that, like a couple of weeks after that, we're gonna start seeing, like, you know, Copa Doro, the Euro Cup, and then the Olympic Games. It also has soccer, so that's you know I'm pretty, you know I'm happy for that. You know, I'm, I'm happy for for a busy summer. Like whatever depended, you know, COVID took away from us last summer, we're gonna get it back. You know, hopefully everything goes well and people to continue to do their stuff, their part so we can all get out of this. But yeah. Um, now the next subject that we have planned to talk about is Austin. Dun, dun, dun. Austin is, I would say like an oasis in the desert. Pretty much. Right. That's how you can probably think about it. Well, that's maybe how I think about it. You know, not, not to like put anything like for me, like I, I, lo- I love Houston. Like I lived in Houston for two years and I went to school there too. So it was cool, you know, but it was like, it had the city vibe. Like during the summer, there was really not much to do like here. Um, Austin's different, man. Austin is different. Yeah. Austin has a lot of things to do. Many things, many things. Like I've been here for a lot of time already. And uh, I don't think I have done everything that there's to do in Austin, you know? Have you, have you gone to that uh, one, you know, one lake where you get naked? What's it called? Oh, the, uh, I know we trying to do but I know I never been there. No, uh, uh, there's pictures of you, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, I forgot the name of it. I need to remember the name of it. Actually, you know what? We're going to have to Google it. Uh, but anyways, uh, how did you come here? So it's a long story, but I'm going to try and make it short. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Hippie hollow. <laughs> Hippie hollow. There Hippie you go. Hollow. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but no, I never, never been there. So I'm pretty sure one of our our guys has in the past. Probably we probably need to ask that question next time. Where after a couple, yeah. we give them beer and then they, they start talking. Yeah, start talking. that's a plan. Okay, that's the plan tomorrow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I got here. Um, I got I got here really young. Uh, we came here because my grandma was living here when we got here, and then. Um, Basically, she's the one that fixed the documents for my mom. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we were lucky that uh, they were they were having like a lottery of visas. Yeah. So since we were underage, uh, my 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 brother, my sister, and I were able to come with my mom because my my grandma was originally originally just fixing documents for her, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, we were just so lucky, and um, we ended up getting documents as well. So we came directly from El Salvador to uh, Austin. And uh, like I said, I've been living here for, for a while now, like all my life after 13 years. 
How was your uh, experience? Like, say, when you first came to Austin, the first couple of, like, the first year, like, <laughs> did it take you a while to adjust? Or was it something that was hard for you, you know, to, to get used to living somewhere different? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Como dije en el, en el episodio primero, yo era uno... Uno de esos niños que le gustaba andar mucho en la, en la calle, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y este, aquí en Austin, en realidad, cuando llegué, tenía que estar mucho encerrado porque no era, no era lo lógico que un niño de 13 años anduviera caminando por las calles solo, ¿no? Uh -huh. Especialmente si, si no conoces el, sí. dónde, dónde estás. Y, y sí, cuando llegué, este, me tocaba mucho, mucho estar encerrado y, y fue una transición entre acostumbrarme y vivir mi vida, por decirlo así, ¿no? Uh -huh. Pero me adapté rápidamente. Después de que empecé la escuela, me adapté rápidamente y fui encontrando amigos aquí, amigos allá, porque eso es lo que soy yo. Yo soy muy amigable y encuentro, uh -huh. encuentro amigos donde sea, ¿me entiendes? Y este, yo creo que eso a mi favor me ayudó mucho, ¿no? Pero es lo que me gustó, una de las cosas que me gustó de Austin fue eso, que, uh -huh. que la gente es muy amigable, la gente, con cualquier gente te puedes parar aquí y hablar, porque hay mucha diversidad, hay mucha gente de otros países, uh -huh. y, es, eh, y, y lo hace muy fácil, ¿no? Juntar culturas o comparar culturas o decir qué tú haces en, esta, en esto, qué tú haces en lo otro, y este, empiezas una conversación así de fácil, ¿no? Y este, sí, y... Me adapté, conocí gente y empecé mi, a hacer mi vida aquí en Austin. Ahora, ahora ya de grande, ¿no? Le pienso, ¿qué tengo que hacer acá? ¿Qué hago acá? Uh -huh. Especialmente lo que me, me gusta hacer aquí en Austin son los festivales de música, porque a mí me gusta la música. Uh -huh. Y entonces cada, cada año estamos esperando eso, Southwide o uh, ACL, siempre lo estamos esperando, ¿no? Y este... Sí, yo creo que eso es lo que casi casi lo que me ha gustado de Austin es eso, ¿no? Este tener la, la opción de salir al parque y encontrar gente nueva y este conocer gente nueva y este hacer plática, uh -huh. básicamente. Sí, porque bueno, es una ciudad, güey, que, que tiene es como muchos tienen un parecido a California porque está poco de montaña. Está la parte plana, tienes un lago, no tienes, no tienes una, una playa como, como lo tienen allá en Huntington Beach o Long Beach en California, en, la, en Los Ángeles. Pero lo que, lo que yo noté cuando llegué aquí es de que tiene mucho de ese, de ese, ¿cómo es? de esa vibra de California. Y está bien, güey, porque California pues, es muy cult cultural. O sea, pasan los años y bastante de lo que se oye de música, sale de, de allá o de Nueva York o de Atlanta, para mí las tres ciudades. Y de este, pero Austin tiene, tiene algo, güey, que, que... Y luego más ahorita que ha, ha cambiado un poco por, por cómo hay compañías que llegan a invertir, como Tesla y luego este Joe Rogan, que se, que ese güey se vino por acá. Pero aparte de eso, hay, hay corporaciones como el Tech Industry. Sí, 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 claro. O sea muy que grande, muy grande. Muy grande sí. y, y eso pues sí trae, trae mucho jale. Um, pues es bueno para los que estudian ese, ese tipo de... Eso, ese tipo de... Como yo, como yo por ejemplo, me ah, sí. mi, mi IT, pero... Ah. Pero, y, y este, y por decir, lo, 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 lo que está con madre también es, es cuando tú te vas a... Tú puedes ir, por decir, un, un fin de semana, puedes rentar un bote. Y te vas con unos 30, 40 personas y se van al, al lago, a Lake Travis o a Lake Austin. And, dude, that's badass experience. Sí. Yeah. Like, 
eh, eh, lo disfrutas mucho y especialmente entre amigos, ¿no? Uh -huh. Es lo que es lo que lo que mucha gente hace porque porque tenemos esa opción, ¿no? Uh -huh. De ir al lago, rentar el bote, como tú dices, y estar entre amigos, entre familia, disfrutando. Sí, y cuando bueno está un poquito de cómo está por secciones, Austin, está la parte de norte, para mí es como la parte como el día a día, como la parte industrial, muchas muchas familias viven arriba en la parte del norte y luego está el centro donde está UT y luego la parte de East Austin es más como lo, lo old school, lo real, o sea, cuando, cuando tú vas allá dicen que es como si tú estuvieras como era Austin antes en, en, en el pasado, me imagino. Y luego ya cuando te vas al oeste ya es un poquito la gente tiene más dinero. Y al sur pues hay, hay diversidad, hay más igual. Y Austin y entre South y East siento yo que es más, más Austinite. Y luego ya la parte norte es donde entra mucha, mucho diferente tipo de, de, de vibra o no sé cómo tú, tú puedes explicar sí, eso, güey. Yo, yo cuando, cuando crecí, este, bueno, crecí acá, este, ya, ya me... me Básicamente estuve mucho en el este, como usted, en el Eastside, uh -huh. por decirlo así, tú, este, crecí la mayor parte y este, tenía unos amigos ahí que nos juntábamos y todo, y, y créeme que era un, una, como tú dices, una vibra diferente a, a lo que es cuando vas a otro lugar, como, el, como dices, al, al oeste, ¿no? Uh -huh. Es un poquito más acá, más, este, ¿me entiendes? Pero, pero yo creo que, por decirlo así, mira, yo cuando me acuerdo cuando, cuando pensaba de Austin, en, lo miraba como en, las, en, la, en la televisión, ¿no? Y, y en serio, a Austin en la televisión lo ponen como el viejo este, ¿no? Como un desierto. Antes, y, sí. Y, y es chistoso, ¿no? Porque llegas acá y yo venía, un niño, ¿no? Y venía con esa imaginación, ah, va a ser como en el desierto. O sea, ya venía pensando, no me va a gustar ni nada y esto. Y llegas aquí y te, acaba la, te cambia la per, 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 perspectiva, ¿no? Y mm. este... Es, es chistoso y divertido pensarlo así, ¿no? Sí. Y otra de la, las cosas que tiene Austin, ahorita apenas, ahorita para mí está empezando a tener buenos tacos. Pero yo no creo que los mejores tacos están en Austin. ¿O no? Sinceramente. Ah, bueno, tú los has probado en nah, México, yo, yo México, soy, México. Sí, yo eso. soy del DF y ahorita apenas te puedo decir dos, tres taquerías que digas que sí están buenas. como ¿Cuántos tacos? Muy bueno, muy bueno. Lo probé la otra vez que llevaste y deliciosos, ¿eh? Este, el otro, Rositas al Pastor, perdón. Ellos también. Um, el, hay uno que se llama Tacos de Charlie, pero el pedo de que ahí yo fui y no me gustó de cuando estaba la pandemia, güey, que, que llegaba la gente sin máscara y luego tenían la salsa y tú haces tu propia salsa y la gente no se lavaba las manos. Es lo único, único que, que no me gustó. Pero... Está también Taco More, que ahí tienen un menudo y también tienen un consomé de, de chivo que está bueno. Pero los tacos, 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 nah, hay, o sea, hay buenos tacos, pero no que digas que son los mejores. Sí, pues yo, yo no te podía opinar en, esa, en eso porque en realidad los que único que he probado es acá en, en Austin y me encantan los tacos en realidad, pero... Pero te digo que a, a, no, no se me ha dado la oportunidad todavía de ir al, al DF a probar taquitos de verdad. Y este está en mi bucket list para hacer también como quiera. However, there's one person that promised me pupusas. It's been a while, right? And they have not given me pupusas. It's, it's been a while, yeah. Um, usually when my sister makes them, that's when I, you know, I invite you. But 
it's been a while since uh, she made she made some. Um, she makes them pretty good. I I feel like they're almost like home. You know. Nah, she makes very good pupusas. Very good. <laughs> you have tried them before. Yeah. Nah, well, the reason why I brought it up is because we were at the parlor, which is another, I would say, Austin stable, or kind of. And uh, you were talking about, like, you know, making pupusas, and I was like, dude. Well, no, not really. I I, I said I would like to have a restaurant about, pup- like, making pupusas and selling it there, but... You know, I didn't say I was going to make him. People, <laughs> people, people thought that I meant I'm, I'll be making the pupusas because I can't make pupusas for shit. Why know? not? <laughs> Why not? I just, you know, I, I had never tried. Uh, maybe I can. I, you never know. But I, I just haven't really tried. And um, that's that's why. But to make it clear, I said I would like to have a restaurant and sell pupusas there. Not making myself. Okay. <laughs> no, Just but at clear. first, like, it's funny because, like, for everybody, us, like, right there, we were talking about, like, what we would do, you know, like, and I was like, I can open up a taco truck and, and whatnot. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you brought up, yeah, man, I'm open up the, you know, uh, a truck that was sold pupusa. Una pupuseria. Una pupuseria. Yeah. And then, and it was like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. And then, and then towards the end, like, who's going to make them? You said, my mom, my mom, my mom, my <laughs> so sister. We were like, we were like, <laughs> what the heck, dude? I mean, that was like, that, that's the trick we did because I was like, we went from tacos to pupusas, and we talked about Austin, and Austin, it's a good pupuseria, man. Um, there's there's a few places that I tried here. There's one on Seventh Street called El Sunsal. Yeah, they're okay. They're not that bad. I I can say that I can eat some, but the one that impressed me. Um, when I tried him was the uh, Usuluteca. It's mm-hmm. right there on on Lamar and uh, Rumberg on that little plaza, mm-hmm. and they're they're actually I will say better than the Sosal ones, and they're really really good. All right, man, we're gonna have to go. Like, yeah, what was East Austin? And we play at Rosewood like the next couple of weeks, so we should try to order some and bring them over. We can, yeah, and and you know, and that's another thing about Austin. You know, it has. So many different places to eat, you know? Yeah. And if you like eating, Austin is a really cool place to come and try and visit, you know, just to come try their food, you know, like trailitas. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Everywhere now, almost. Yeah. Like, like, like say I, I came, like I was, the first time I came was in 2010. I only came for a night. And then my wife, my, you know, my wife, she, she lives here. So I met her at uh, Gloria's on 7th. Oh, okay. 6th Street. It was on a, on a friend's birthday. And then, then like, after that, a couple of months later, we started, you know, I finally got the, you know, the, the how would you say the... El ojito. Yeah, I finally got the, the okay, the courage, <laughs> the courage to ask her on a date. And she said yes. I'm like, I was surprised. Um, so then we had our first date and we went to, was it Steiner House on Lake Travis? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and after that, I mean, we started dating and then, you know, we became official. And so I got to come every, every other weekend. Like I'll, I'll leave work on Saturday. You were around, driving all the way here. Yeah. So oh, I'll leave work from like five, five thirty, and I'll get here around nine. Damn, bro, that's... And then, uh, and then I'll come and I'll spend the night here and then go back the day after. And... <laughs> <laughs> <risa> algo, debe ser, algo debe ser bueno para regresar, ¿no? Fíjate que muchas cosas. Sí, especialmente la comida. Yes, la comida. Uh-huh. Y luego, so we were there and uh, like one day, like I was, I told my wife, like, dude, well, we were still dating back then. And I was like, hey, like, I'll move, but 
I can't move without like having a job. So I applied to everywhere I could, but I, you know, I got a call one day like, Hey, you know, we need, you know, an accountant ASAP. And I'm like, well, I can only do it. I, I can start in August, but what I can do is I can train during the weekends. So when I come full time, it's easier for me. They're like, yeah, that's fine. So it worked out great. So it was funny because during that time I was playing for a church band and I had to play sometimes on Sunday morning. So I had to leave here four in the morning and get there at eight to go to practice. Oh, wow. Or there's times that I would stay here till like Monday morning mm-hmm. and leave from here at three. So I can be in Galveston by eight because I had to go to work. But then I was like, I, all of that was gone whenever I moved here and everything was easier. So no more driving back and forth unless like once or twice a month when I go visit my family. Damn. But man. I got to experience like, I didn't really, like everybody talks about the, the, the south and, you know, the downtown part of Austin. But right. no one really talks about the north part. And that's where I got to know like a lot of places, you know. So like there's this one pancake house. I forgot the name of it. But it was pretty good. Uh, it's on La, uh, Palmer and Metric. North, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and I feel like, like, man, there's a lot of stuff here. And then Domain opened around the time, a little bit around the time I moved. So it was great, you know, because that's something like, okay, I have a shopping mall where I can go shop. And it was, then right where my, my mother-in-law lives, like there's like Apple, they opened up a big campus. And back then my wife said that there was nothing there. And right now, like, that that's there and that brought a lot more people into that side um so yeah man it's a pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool city i i uh i would i would not mind like living here forever yeah like same. i think i think i enjoy it i enjoy it li- i've literally like, ever since ever since i moved like and i also found like you know my friends you guys who i can play soccer with right but like ever since i moved it's been a thing where like you felt like okay, you belong here because, yeah. like in Houston, I did feel that you felt welcome. You felt welcome, yeah. yeah. Now Houston, I had that too, but it was easy for me to move here. Like it took, like when I moved here, I already had plans of what to do. Exactly. So that that was easier for the transition, you know, because I what I did is I found a soccer, you know, like a, a, a place where I can go play soccer, and then a place where I can go play church and like play in a band and and whatnot. So then. Now it's kind of like, now that I'm here, it's like, man, I feel like I'm at home. Like, so you always want to have that, you know, like when you're in, in a city, like you don't want to have like, what if I go somewhere else? Like constantly, cause then you're going to like, you're going to end up booming somewhere. Exactly. But I really haven't had that, like that nerve or that, you know, that bug, like, you know, it's just to like go somewhere else. Cause it's pretty cool here. Like I've enjoyed it. I had so many good memories, like most, most of them, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, the only problem now with, with me living here is the cost, man. It's getting really expensive. Yes. Um, especially in the in the in the neighborhoods near the downtown, it's getting super expensive. Yeah. Uh, taxes and you know leaving and it's, it's it's really hard. It's crazy how it's it's changing. You know, I mean Austin is changing overall. You know, but the cost of living it's been raising so much. Yeah, dude, like, I mean, but it's kind of like, it's, it's a, it's a, a good and a bad thing because yes, some of the houses are making some of the neighborhoods look nicer, but at the same time it's driving the price for the people that live in there. They don't want to move 
the property tax value is going higher. Gentrification. Like gentrification, you know, like restaurants, like, and it's kind of like the, the cost of having investments and of cost of bringing stuff up and making it nicer, you know, it's not just free. Like someone's going to have to pay that bill to make, you know, better streets and whatnot. And that's what's going on right now. Like even in East Austin, like you said, like there's, you can have a very, 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 very like, down, like, like, like a old house and that needs work. And you can have a house that is brand new that not, it just has one lot, but it's also like a second lot in the back and, mm-hmm. you know, unit A, unit B, and they both cost three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars each. Really expensive. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I'm like, damn, dude, like there's, there's need, there needs to be a medium, you know, like, like the, the, the demand supply of, of real estate, like can't be, you know, cause eventually that that's what drives another problem, which is, um, the problem of homelessness, you know, people leaving out of their houses, people not, you know, being able to afford a, a, a mortgage a or a lease. Yeah. Cause you want to buy a house right now. It's like, you have to put, you know, at least 3% sometimes in down payment. If you want to get a $200,000 house and some people can barely make it, you know? So I mean, to, just to just to say that, like one person making maybe what eighteen dollars an hour cannot buy a home by itself. You know, it's it's just gonna be really, 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 really hard to do that. Right. So you really need to have somebody to to have the same dream with you and be a part with you to be able to afford it. Yeah, or you're gonna have to find like another part time job to be able to make it, you know, basically kill kill yourself working to actually be able to live and buy a house and buy a house. Yeah. Cause I mean, like we, we live in a country that's very consumer based. So we see new things we want to buy. I mean, that's the nature of it. Like we enjoy that. I mean, we see something new, like a New Jersey, we already pretty much already, we already bought it, you know, or we, we, you know, a pair of shoes, soccer shoes, we're always looking at buying it. So because of that, you know, that I feel like real estate, you know, the real estate industry takes advantage of that and makes everything higher than what the actual cost is. Cause I mean, what's the cost to, to build a house and the cost of selling it is like almost four times as much. Right. So people can't save money. People can't, you know, they can't buy a house or, and save for a down payment because it's just hard unless you're, you know, killing yourself. And like, what if a single mother with two kids, I mean, exactly. it's, in, it's like impossible to do. Yeah. No, I mean, the one good thing about Austin is Austin is, it seems to be very immigrant friendly, um, to some aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, there's, there are, there, I've seen a couple of organizations where there are refugees that needed to come from the Middle East during the ISIS stuff. They actually help them get a, you know, like acclimated here. Casa Marianela. Casa Marianela. So that's a, that's a good thing. But I mean, the challenge is just that, you know, the real estate and like we mentioned earlier, another challenge that. It, like there was actually a boat on and there was something that cost for action is plan B. No, sorry. Prop, prop, prop B. Sorry. Yeah, it just, plan B it is just it's the through. day after, you know, if you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it just passed through, man. How do you, how do you, what are you expect expectations and how do you feel about it? Man, it's like homelessness, like any, any problem that has to do with, with humanity. Mm-hmm. With society, it's a, you know, a sociological, like a soci- sociology, sociological problem. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's, it's hard to 
find a, a problem in a society and mix it with politics, especially when you're dealing with a good amount of people. And, and I feel like, like there should, every time you have something in place, you want to replace it. It has to be with something better for, you know, for everyone. And also for the people that are being affected. Mm -hmm. Um, not to get into politics here, you know, of we don't want to get into politics and we and just I, wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Cause I feel like, 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 uh, the way, like we want to things to be in this podcast is we don't want to be negligent and mm -hmm. talk about all these cool things in life, mm -hmm. but then we don't actually point out situations that can bring people, you know, like, and like can harm societies. And, right. and I think homelessness is one thing that, that a lot of people that are homeless, they've actually been harmed. Especially right now that, uh, we have, a uh, a lot of homeless, man, a lot of people, you can see them camping and I feel like prop B is really not, is really not helping them at all. It's just harming them in a way. Yeah. Like they should have had a, Okay, you're gonna do that ban, mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do to help them? Exactly. Like, there's no, there's not, no like that though. On it. Yeah, and it, there was just like the ban and that tip, but like, yeah. I mean, there's a wall, but what are you gonna do with it with immigrants? You know, like there's this, but what are you gonna do with the problem? Like, exactly. there's the fix the problem. Yeah, right? like you have to or bring something, to the problem, something to fix the problem, yeah. fix the problem. And I'm hoping that at the end of the day, um, we can all find a solution for people that are in need and also like eventually nobody deserves to live in the city and in, in the streets you know like no one no deserves one. to, no to one. live like i don't care who you are mm -hmm. you know whether whatever you believe on like no none of us deserve to 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 live in a tent no like not. and and deal with you know like hundred degrees weather, the way it gets super hot here in Austin, you know, mm. and especially if it's, it's not just one person, but it's a group of people under a bridge near downtown. Like, I feel like the city, the city needs to, to find a solution for them as soon as possible, whether it's housing, you know, and then from there, a lot of, a lot of homeless people might not want to get back to society because society has been doing them so wrong for so many years. Mm. So they don't have any, uh, Trust in, in, in the government. They nunca, don't have any trust in lo, the city. No, nunca lo creen y ese es, el, ese es uno de los grandes problemas. Sí. Lo cual, este, lo cual los lleva a vivir de la forma en que están viviendo. Lo sí. Cual, esa vida no es para nadie o a nadie se lo... Yo, por ejemplo, a nadie se lo desearía, ¿no? Es, es muy triste, la verdad. Y, y ojalá que el, que el gobierno trate la mejor manera de poder ayudarlos a encontrar una solución porque la proposición es, es básicamente dañarlos, es básicamente encarcelarlos solo porque no tienen donde vivir y tienen que vivir en la calle. O sea, es muy triste. Sí, y es, y es como no creo que esté bien tratar de encarcelar a todos o dar de este, multas. Desde, empezando el 15 de abril que es cuando van a poner la, la ley en efecto uh, pienso yo que tiene que ser un plan para para sacarlos de la calle primero y luego ya cuando tienen una situación en la cual ellos pueden vivir mejor o pueden estar mejor entonces ahí ya poder ok compa te estamos ayudando en esto agarra la ayuda y luego de ahí ya si el, el compa no quiere que eres ayudado uh -huh. 
no, darle, no multarlo, sino tratar de por lo menos que tenga con quién platicar de ese problema. Pues el problema es, es muchos de los problemas que tienen ellos, los homeless, por ejemplo, los, los indigentes. El problema es que muchos de ellos tienen mucha trastornación mental, necesitan ayuda mental, uh, psicológica. Uh -huh. Y este, ese es uno de los grandes problemas. Yo creo que la ciudad, por ejemplo, si los quiere ayudar realmente, eso es lo que se debe de enfocar. Uh -huh. Porque, claro, son muy, muchas de las personas también son drogadictos. Uh -huh. Es otro problema que deberían tomar en cuenta y enfocarse, yo creo. Pero, pero para, por decirlo así, encarcelarlos... No ayuda en nada. No, va a ser las cosas peores. Porque Correcto. cada que quieres encarcelar a alguien va a traer rebelión. Exacto. No nada más de ellos, sino también de la gente que está en contra del plan. O sea, va a tener... Y, y es como, como esta propuesta está retando un poco a la, a la idea progresista que tiene el, el, la ciudad. Que a mi punto de vista es algo que... Que ojalá, ojalá, ojalá que encuentren la mejor ayuda posible. Si ustedes conocen de una, una organización, like if you know about a, an organization or, you know, or a non-profit or even a, a company that wants to put money and help them, I mean, let us know. Like, you know, we're starting, you know, we're, we're building an audience, but, you know, we want to, hey, like if we if can we connect. Can help somebody, yeah, well, if we can connect, you know, companies or You're, you as a company, you want to help the homeless people. Like, hey, you know what? I want to write this check and or sponsor, you know, like have a program where they can sponsor a house, a unit, you know, like. And then from that, I, I believe like, okay, like as a company, you're sponsoring a unit, you know, you're sponsoring not just the building, but the maintenance of it. Get a, get a credit on your property tax. That's your incentive. Something like that, you know, like. There are a lot of things. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that can help. You know, they just haven't really found a way to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, I think a lot of people will be down to do it, especially if you have a big heart. I mean, you know, I'm one of those persons that really want to see people happy and safe. You know, like uh, I hate to see people outside. You know, I help. I hate people to be asking for help and stuff. And you know, it's you know, if I can help, I help. That's one one of the things about me. I have a big heart. Yeah, and and that's that's like it's like sad for me, man. Because I work I work you know delivering food on the weekends, and you're constantly driving through home. Like you literally, I'm literally constantly driving through you know that part where there's like a huge homeless camp, and it's like man, it's just sad because I'm over here like I think it's hot even in the AC, like in a car with the AC on. I imagine them during the whole summer. And it's, Like I, I really, really hope the city takes care of it, and and they pass this. Like there could be some something done that, like we said earlier, you know, beneficial for everyone. And uh, well, you know, this is probably not the the most exciting part, but I think it's something that we really have to address. Tenemos que hablar de esto. Estos son son temas que no a mucha gente le va le va a gustar escuchar, pero nosotros tenemos ese espacio y lo vamos a tratar la manera de. De no salvarlo, por decirlo así, pero de tratar de mencionar cosas así que, que suceden en el día a día, ¿no? Y, y tratar la manera de ver si hay algo que podemos hacer nosotros uh, para ayudar, de tratar de hacerlo. O sea, no somos, somos personas con corazones y sentimos. Eh, y imagino que muchos de que lo, nos están escuchando se sienten de la, de la manera uh, como nos sentimos. Y, y sí, este... Este fue el episodio de otra, por favor, hoy. Y este. El número cuatro. 
Hablando de Austin, Ajá. de lo bueno y, lo, los, y los retos. No lo malo, sino los retos. Los retos, lo difícil. Lo por difícil, decirlo así. porque cada, cada cosa buena tiene, tiene un reto y algo difícil. Y ojalá les guste. Um, you know, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you, like we mentioned earlier, if you know someone that wants to help out and we can help on connecting people, we can do it through this, you know, through this podcast. And yeah, just follow us on Instagram, Otra Por Favor, on Facebook, and our website, otrapofavor.com. And... Bueno, sí, este, queremos agradecer a todos los que nos escuchan, como siempre. Acuérdense de seguirnos en Instagram, en Facebook, en otraporfavor.com. Ahí estamos, escúchenos. Estamos en Spotify, escúchenos. Este, le agradecemos por escucharnos. Estamos siguiendo esto. Estamos tratando de meterles diferentes temas para que la gente les vaya gustando. Uh, cualquier comentario, cualquier este, pregunta, saben que lo pueden hacer en cualquiera de las plataformas. Facebook, Instagram, ahí estamos. Otra vez, muchas gracias por escucharnos. Richie, algo para cerrar. Uh, el siguiente va a ser, el siguiente episodio vamos a hablar de las mamás, eh, porque es el Día de las Madres. Y si quieren compartir algo, una historia o algo, mándenla por, por mensaje directo. Next week, we're going to talk about Mother's Day. If you want to share something, you know, send us a private message and we'll share your story. We want to see your name. Uh, bueno, es todo por, por hoy. Otra por favor. Adiós y hasta la próxima. Chao. Pórtense bien.